Hey, welcome back to Sex and Life. It's a podcast that talks about sex and how we interact with it on a, a daily basis. With me always is producer Joe. Hello, Eli. And uh, today's episode, we have Tabitha Borgogno. That is correct, Borgogno. I said it right. I'm Yay impressed. me. That's it. That's all I want to do. Make sure I said it right. We're done the podcast now. <laughs> um, Tabitha is here to talk to us about a couple things. Um, first off, uh, uh, you're polyamorous. I am indeed. What does polyamorous mean to you? Um, a couple of things, actually, probably first and foremost, that, um, I don't believe in monogamy. I think it's, um, a very made up powerful thing, um, that has been quite useful. Don't get me wrong through the ages. Um, but I don't think it's a natural state for humans. Um, I think that some people do really well with it. I am not one of those people. Um, so that's the first thing that it means. The second thing is that, uh, for me on a personal level, it means that I don't believe that loving more than one person in a romantic way, um, takes away from, I don't, I don't believe one relationship takes away from another, I guess is the best way to put it. Are you currently with more than one partner? I am indeed. And has it worked out that way? It seems to be working out pretty well. Well, yeah, that's I'm not, good. I'm not complaining. Uh, <laughs> when did you first know you were poly? Um, honestly, I, I was probably pretty young. Um, so I come from a very broken up family. Uh, my parents divorced when I was, I'm going to say around 11. But they started splitting up a long time before that. Um, and I was very aware that there were other people in both of their lives. My parents were not poly, P.S. Um, but from a very early age, it made sense to me that if you were with this one person and there was someone else who came into your life and you wanted to be romantically involved with that other person, it was wrong. And, and I say wrong as though it's in big, red, bold letters. Um, but to me, that didn't make sense because I didn't understand, you know, I, I had more than one friend and I loved them all. So why couldn't my parents have more than one person, right? Instead, there was this year a cheat and you're this and that and the other thing. Um, so that was kind of when I first knew that I, maybe not that I was poly, but that I thought monogamy or what I perceived it to be at that age was kind of ridiculous. Um I remember having conversations with friends as early as probably 14 or 15. Um, my best friend at the time was three years older than me. And when I was 15, she actually started dating someone pretty seriously who she's been married to ever since I was 18. Um, but her and I had a conversation about having this one person in your life. And, and I said, I just, it doesn't make sense to me long term. And that was before I'd even ever had sex. So it wasn't like I was like, oh, I just want to sleep around. It was just to me, it didn't make sense to have this one central person in my life. And it just kind of, it just was something I think that kind of grew. And as I got older, it, it made more sense to me. I, I, you know, I got a better understanding of how it was that I felt about it. And uh, you're married. I am indeed. Uh, did your husband know this when you guys first started dating? This is how you felt? I wouldn't, I would say within like the first probably six months of us dating, um, it, it came up in discussion. Um, so it, how it actually first came up is I'm also bisexual because why just be polyamorous, right? 
um, have to just add a little bit more spice in there. So I was, I was always very honest with him about that. And I, at the time I wasn't interested in, in being with anyone other than him, but I thought I don't want to hide this either. So he knew right from the get go that, um, that I was not, you know, that I didn't have blinders on, I guess is the best way to put it. But over the years, like it's been a, a, it was a conversation for a long, long time. Like, it's not like we had one conversation and then it went away and then we never discussed it again. So, you know, we, I mean, we're, I can't believe I'm about to say this. We will have been together for 17 years this year. It's a long time. I'm old. Um, so there's Would you like us of, to congratulate yeah, you? <laughs> I maybe, <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. Acknowledge. <laughs> yeah. He acknowledged. Um, exactly. So, um, yeah, but it, I mean, it, it's been a, a conversation that's been ongoing. Have you had any help from anybody with this journey? I mean, because it's not something that's widely discussed. Right. Um, I actually have. It, it was very odd. Um, a friend, a very good friend of mine, who turns out is Polly. I had no idea that that he was Polly. And one day he just sort of let it drop and it was like lightning struck me. I was like, oh my God, somebody will understand this. So I had a lot of conversations with him and I kind of had gotten to the point where, um, because my husband wasn't, my husband is, I, I, I think his, I'm going to use the word natural state. I, for him, I believe his natural state is monogamy. He's, he refers to himself as being very loyal, etc. Um, so I had I had a girlfriend for four years when um, probably like I don't know years ago now, but anyway, um, and he was okay with me having a girlfriend, but he was a little iffy about me seeing another man. So in the last few years, every time this conversation came up, it would be kind of this whole, like, I can handle you being with another woman, but I'm not sure about a guy. So after I went and had that conversation so many times, I honestly started to believe that there was something wrong with me. I'm like, I have this amazing husband. Like we have two kids together. He's this fantastic person. Why is this not enough for me? Like what, what the hell is wrong with me? Um, because really that's what society tells us, right? Like mm -hmm. the societal norm is you meet someone, you get married, you have kids, you live happily ever after with that one person. And for me, that was so completely and utterly not fulfilling that I really believed that there was something wrong with me. So when I found out that my friend was Polly, being able to talk to him and be like, you know, and, and kind of understand that, no, 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 it, it isn't me. It's not that there's some weird, deep-seated issue, you know, that, no, this is okay. Like, it's okay for me to be who I am. And so he was hugely, hugely part of that for me. It's, it's really good to have someone that you can turn to, mm. I think, to discuss these things. Um, how open are you about it? I mean, you're on a podcast talking, well, yeah. talking about it using their real name. Um, so I imagine you're kind of open. I, you know what? It, it, what's interesting for me is I, when I decided I was in this, um, like when I decided, because basically for me, it was like, I'm not going to lie about who I am anymore. I feel like I've spent a lot of years of my life toning down who I am to make other people comfortable. And quite frankly, I, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, 
I'm too old for that. It's ridiculous. It takes a lot of energy. So on the one hand, I'm, I'm open in the respect that I don't hide that I have a husband and a boyfriend. I don't hide that. I, I won't hide that. Um, I'm also not going to go out and get a skywriter. You know, but they know about it. Obviously, the boyfriend knows about the husband. Yes, <laughs> they're they're quite becoming quite good friends. So yeah, is that good or bad? Uh, sometimes it's really awesome. Other times, I want to kill the two of them because they're kind of you know they tag team and and pick on me. Not tag team sexually, people. They just tag team and pick on me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so no, I I mean I'm open in the respect that I'm not. I have zero intention of hiding it. To be quite honest, I've had some situation. I've had one situation in particular where um, a good friend reacted poorly, um, and it was unfortunate. But it's been dealt with as much as it can be dealt with. Um, but I guess I'm not here to make anyone else happy. I'm, you know, I'm I'm here to make myself happy and my partner's happy. I'm not worrying about what the rest of the world thinks. So, like, your family was pretty cool with it. Um, even though they didn't never uh, identify as being polyamorous. So my mom knows, and one of my closest aunts knows, my mom's youngest sister, she knows. Um, I don't, I'm not really close with a lot of my family. Like we're a close family, but I'm probably not going to be like, Hey, you know, call them up and tell them. Having said that, um, my Facebook is covered with, you know, pictures of both men in my life. I'm not Again, I'm not hiding anything from anyone. Um, I've interestingly only had one person message me and say, like, what's going on? <laughs> um, I Honestly, I expected more. But I think over the years, people have come to realize that I'm just going to be who I am. So, you know, either they're just not questioning it or they're just like, I don't want to know. Which, and either is fine. <laughs> Was it an easy transition to go from, from just the husband uh, to a husband and a girlfriend or from uh, the husband to a husband and a boyfriend were those easy transitions for you to make to, to introduce these people into your life? So my husband introduced me to the girl who ended up being my girlfriend for four years. Uh, they worked together and he was like, you would really like this girl. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Invite her over for dinner. And I really liked that girl. <laughs> so yeah, um, that she, that relationship was, um, it was a pretty easy transition. Like it wasn't a big deal. Um, I am surprised continually at how easy this transition has been. Um, of course I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for my husband, but we're pretty communicative. I can't say that word. We communicate a lot. Um, and I, I do what I refer to as kind of check-ins every once in a while. Like if I think, um, you know, if I think there's something up or if he seems a little off, I will, I'll be like, Hey, can we talk? Can we just kind of check in, see if everything's cool, whatever. Cause that's really important to me. Obviously I don't, yeah. you know, I don't want there to be things not dealt with. If there's an issue, I want it to be discussed and, and dealt with right away. But overall, like, um, he's very much the type of person that I always tell him he's got like a switch in his head. And when the, you know, when the switch is flipped, it's like, poof, he's good. Mm -hmm. Um, so no, I, I would say it's been pretty easy. And I realize that I'm kind of lucky in that regard. Cause I know a lot of people don't have that experience. Um, 
yeah, but overall, pretty decent. Uh, have you, you learned anything like about yourself or about society as a whole during this journey? <laughs> I've learned a lot about myself, actually. Um, I'm kind of an attention whore, a little bit. Yeah. I didn't really realize that before, but I kind of am. So, so and... you're trying to be a comedian? <laughs> <laughs> All those assholes? No. Attention whores. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not a comedian. Um, no, I, I learned that uh, I'm I'm a lot. I, I feel like I'm a lot of work. I, I feel like I'm um, I can be really intense about things. And I swear to God, I'm sure that there are days that my husband's like, thank fuck. There is somebody else to deal with this bullshit besides just me, because, yeah, I'm a handful. Uh, so but honestly, I think. Ow. <laughs> I bit my tongue. Sorry. Yeah. I think what I've learned mostly is that I really like me. Um, I spent so many years trying to fit myself into this cube that is the societal norm. Um, and, and a big part of it is, so as I mentioned, I have, I have two kids. And the most common question that I'm asked is, well, what do the boys think? And I'm like, well, I don't really discuss my relationships with my children. Having said that, I don't hide them either. So, my, so have they met this new boyfriend? Absolutely. They have. How do they, they get on? They appear to like him quite a bit. One of them really tries to impress him, and the other one kind of has nothing in common with him, but, you know, tries. Um, and they... There have not been any questions as of yet, but I have a feeling that will happen soon. And I'm kind of of the opinion that when the questions come, I will answer the questions they ask. As in, I'm not going to give them more information than they've requested, um, but I'm not going to lie to them either. Because as I, I explained it to someone yesterday, me hiding it would suggests that I think that there's something wrong with it. And I don't. So I want my kids to grow up a little bit differently than I did. I grew up believing that, you know, if you go outside of your marriage for any reason, you're a cheater and a liar and a terrible person and you should lose everything in your life. And, you know, people should hate you and you should be a pariah and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, clearly, I don't believe in any of those things. Having said that, I do believe that there's a difference well, obviously, I believe there's a difference between being poly and cheating. But to me, the big difference is, you know, cheating implies lying. It, it implies some sort of a betrayal. Um, so, you know, obviously, I don't want my kids to learn that. But I do want them to learn that they don't have to fit inside of a box. If they fit, you know, if, if my kids grow up and they're naturally, or to them, monogamy feels natural, then awesome. That's great. If they grow up and they don't fit into that box, awesome. That's great. Like, I, I just don't want them to think that there's only one way to live their lives. So if somebody told you, like, let's say a year ago or five years ago that you'd be in this situation, what would you have thought, like, back then if someone said, hey, you know, you're going to be in this relationship where you have a, a, a husband and a boyfriend? I... I honestly don't know. I think it would have probably made me really uncomfortable um, because at that stage of my life, I was 
probably not very comfortable with it myself because I still kind of believe like, oh, there's something wrong with me. You know, I, I would be very surprised to talk to anyone who, you know, grew up in a sort of monogamous world where that was the norm, who didn't think that at some point, who didn't think, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. Like why are, you know, why is my girlfriend married to the same guy for 25 years and perfectly happy and, you know. Yeah. Well, I come from a monogamous household, although a lot of my friends do not. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that I associate with on a regular basis, I can think of at least four out of maybe the 10 people that I see regularly. That out of the way, part of it is because a lot of people are coming from these different kinds of households. From an early age, their minds are trained a little differently to Mm -hmm. perceive relationships differently. Right. So for me, I'm perfectly fine with monogamy and Mm -hmm. I'd be happy to just be with one person. It also comes from a, how many people do I need to have in my life to be happy? Mm -hmm. Do I feel like I need to start taking it from another person to be happy? Whereas I would rather not do that. Me, one of the problems that I can see having is if my partner would want to uh, be involved in that. I know that cheating is supposed to be the betrayal, mm-hmm. but the thought of it already puts that seed into the person's mind of what is this person thinking about? How does this person uh, see the relationship? And if does this person see it differently from I do? That was something that I kind of struggled with a lot too, especially because, as I said, like my husband, I think for him, you know... If he was with any other person who is just a monogamous person, I don't think that he would ever even have, you know, it would, I just don't think it would ever have been a discussion. Um, I guess for me, I, I can't imagine, I, I, I've never believed in, you know, the, the whole, you know, prince comes in on a white horse and you know all of that stuff so while all my girlfriends were you know looking at wedding dresses and all that stuff you know prom time everybody's all excited because you get the bridal books and all this stuff for the dresses i was like can i wear like a pantsuit and just drink a lot of beer like Mm -hmm. that was you know i'm i've never never been that kind of girl and i think this idea that there's one perfect person for everybody is just mind-blowingly wrong like what if your one person lives in Singapore and you're in Toronto what if you met that one person and they're killed in a horrible accident you know does that mean you know what if you marry that person and they die or you die like it's I don't I just don't think that there's first of all that one perfect person second of all I think that People are so individual and so diverse that the thought that there is one person who can fulfill all of your needs for me, like for me personally, it's no, it's just, that's not how it is. And what a huge responsibility to put on someone else. Like I wouldn't want to, the thought of that is it makes me feel crushingly trapped. Mm -hmm. Like not, not just a little bit, but like there's a weight pressing on me. Because it's that it's too much responsibility. So I, I know you, you said that that you feel your husband's, uh, for the most part, monogamous. Mm-hmm. But if any of our female listeners would like to dress up <laughs> as a clown <laughs> and, help, I'm, I'm and sure. help to have this husband explore his sexuality. I am so sure that when he hears this, he will be thrilled that you mentioned that. I, he's my homie. <laughs> 
for the record, I am never dressing up in clown makeup. I'm just saying, let me just state that publicly. Why do you hate him so? <laughs> I don't. I love him dearly, but not enough for clown makeup. Now, something else that, that I want to talk to you about, since we have a bit of time, um, you're a little. Yes, I am. And little is uh, not necessarily uh, infantilism. How old is your little? Uh, I'm not really sure that there's an age range. Just more of an attitude range? Yeah, I think so. And a lot of people, when when they first hear that you have a daddy and you're his little girl, mm -hmm. they're like fucking incest sickos. Kind of, yeah. I really hate that. Yeah, I do too. What is your take on on that lifestyle? Like, do you live it 24-7? Um, I would say pretty close, yeah. So, uh, describe the dynamic and what the attraction is. Okay, so for me, I am very much an in-charge person. Um, I have a lot of responsibility on my plate. Um, I work more than one job and have for quite some time. Um, the jobs that I work are pretty high pressure slash high stress. Um, and I've always kind of been the person in charge. So, and that started from a really early age. So as I mentioned, my, my parents divorced pretty early and I kind of raised my mom. Um, not like, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't pay the bills obviously, but my mom was very, um, I love my mother to pieces. She's not a, a strong person. She's not the kind of person who will go out into the world and, and, you know, make her way sort of deal. I very much am that kind of person. So for me, I've spent my life taking care of everybody else. And I'm, it's actually interesting because it doesn't matter if they're my friends or my husband or my kids or my boyfriend or whoever, like that's, it's always been that way. Um, so, it, it was actually interesting because this last round of discussions about about uh, being poly, I was trying to figure out what the hell was missing for me. Because as I said, I thought, okay, there's something, clearly there's something quote unquote wrong with me, right? Like, why is this man who's in my life an awesome, not enough? Um, and I, so I started doing a lot of research about it. And I realized at some point that I wanted somebody in my life who I didn't, I didn't have to be the person in charge for. I don't have to make all the decisions. I don't have to, and it's not like, it's not just about decisions. It's not just about finances. It's not just about all of that stuff. It's more about, I know that I can sit back and just let somebody else handle shit for lack of a better term. Um, so that's very much the dynamic that we have. Um, it's, it's almost like I can relax for the very first time ever that I can, like that I can remember in my entire life. I relax now, not fully because I'm, it's, you know, it's a learning process. I'm not good at relaxing. I, I don't know if I ever will be. Yes. I don't relax either. Oh. I'm giving you a high five. Uh, yeah. No, it's I, I actually remember one time in my life, I actually felt like I was relaxing. Cottage tripped. It involved multiple substances. Yeah. Music. Yeah. No one bugging me. Long chair. Water. 
I mean, honestly, like you just explained that to me and I'm like, I would have to have all of the wine. And yeah. even then yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm just, I'm not good at it. And I know it's because I, I carry a lot and I care. And the stupid thing is I carry things that aren't even mine. So, sure. yeah. I, I mean, do you have a hard time uh, releasing the reins when your daddy says, Hey, <laughs> let me do this for you. I would love to say I do not, but I definitely do. Um, I, I hope that I'm getting better. Um, with some things, with some things, it's not as hard as others. Um, but I, I think that I still struggle with that because as much as it's a relief, I'm still very used to being the person who's responsible for everything. So, you know, yeah. I don't know if I can turn this into a question, but it's interesting because I, I'm remembering the previous uh, guest that we had who's also a little Ashley. Um, she, but Ashley was a much younger little. Right. But the, the, the correlation was she had also worked in a very high stressful situation mm-hmm. and had to take on a, a tremendous amount of responsibility. And it's almost as if the more the responsibility, the more drastic the need for that release and the more that release actually has to have an impact. Mm-hmm. It's not like having a cigarette on your break. It's like, I need to forget a lot of this. Oh my God. Yeah. I've heard that a lot of high powered people do prefer being the sub, you know, they, they're, whether they're, uh, no matter what their business is, if it's something that takes a lot of uh, stress, they enjoy submitting and, and letting someone else, uh, take control from them. I, I think the thing for me is that, I mean, it, it's, it, what's interesting for me is that, you know, I, I, sorry, I'm trying to formulate this properly in my brain. It's okay. So, I can get rid of the non-articulate parts. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Um, when I first started researching this, I was like, okay, I know that I, in my day-to-day life, I'm probably much more dominant but in my, where I want my headspace to be, I, I, it's weird because I didn't necessarily feel like I was submissive, but I knew that I wanted to be not because I'm like, I'm not into like pain or anything like that. But that was, that was my understanding of what it meant to quote, you know, be a sub. And so when I found the, you know, the daddy dom baby girl, little type thing, I was like, holy shit that's it. So it was really, really surprising to me because I mean, quite honestly, I, I didn't even know it existed. So when I found this thing, I remember reading, I did so much reading. Oh my God. So much reading. I'm a researcher. So I, I and research. Why right? did you find research materials um, on this? A lot of places online. Um, I can't remember all of the sites, but um, so Fat Life was a big one because there's a, a pretty huge population of, of, of um, daddies and littles on there. And then just like Tumblr, believe it or not. So there's tons on Tumblr. Tumblr, um, And I just read everything I could possibly find. And, you know, the thing is, some of the first stuff I read, I was like, okay, that's like a little bit too intense for me. I'm not, you know, I'm not interested in, in age play really. Um, because for me, that's not a comfortable space. Um, but as I'm finding out, as we go along, it's not, you know, it's not a custom 
tailored thing. It's you, you make it that as you go. Uh, but there's, it, it, what's, again, what, what I think is really interesting is that it's not, yes, it's a kink and yes, it's, you know, it, it's, I guess. A taboo fetish. A t- yeah. You know, but at the same time, like it's so much more than that. It's more than like, it's, you know, it comes back to the relaxing thing. It comes back to having somebody in your life who, you know, you don't have to, I don't have to take care of my daddy. I don't have to, he takes care of me. So that's like a huge, huge, huge role reversal for me. And how does he feel taking on all this responsibility? Um, oh, well, I assume he's okay with it because <laughs> <laughs> he's doing it. Um, he's still around. Man. He's still around. So, um, but I think, I think it's interesting because I think it takes a very specific type of person um, and interestingly, I've actually talked to quite a number of daddies now, um, because I had a lot of questions, right? And where, where do you go? You go to the source. And one of the first things that I always said and always asked was, how long have you been a daddy? And they all, every single one of them has said the same thing. Well, I always have been. And I'm hmm. like, huh? It, yeah. Okay. I it, get it. Even before putting that label on. I was always very much a daddy, even, uh, for example, uh, uh, the mother of my children. Mm-hmm. I've known her since I was eight. And when we were in high school together, I would scold her and the girl I was going <laughs> out with that they were acting like bitches. I'm sure they loved that. <laughs> and I would always just say, boy, smarten up. And... Little girls seem to react to the oi quite well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that uh, I think that daddies are always daddies, at least from what I've heard. Do you have? Is it common to have more than one daddy? Um, I honestly don't know how to answer that question. Um, Do you have more than one daddy? No, I do not, and I don't want more than one. Um, I, I guess I don't understand the appeal of that. I mean, I'm not, Hey, if you want to have 15, by all means, go ahead. But for me, like there's, there's a very different bond, um, in this kind of relationship. I can't imagine, I, I just can't imagine trying to, and I'm realizing how, as I'm saying this, it sounds kind of ridiculous considering the fact that I am poly, but because it's a different kind of dynamic, I can't imagine trying to thin that out. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not. You can, you can have more than one boyfriend. Yeah. But only one husband, only one daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike an actual, uh, uh, daddy dollar relationship. This is just a component of still the remainder of your life. Right. So I can see that being a part of it too. Mm-hmm. Like, do I really need to split this component into two pieces? Yes, exactly. Like now, it's, to your knowledge, do most daddies have more than one little? I think that some do. Um, that sounds more reasonable. It does. The father yeah. figure having multiple. Yeah. Like I think figures. for me personally, I can understand how it would be easier to have. You know, if, if you were a daddy and you had more than one little girl, I could I can understand that. Like, I can see how that's doable. Um, I'm oddly still not sure if I think it's a great idea, 
but I can at least see how it could work, right? But I think from the other perspective, it's a little... Does your daddy have more than one? Yes. And how does that make you feel? Um, I don't know. Like, it, I'm, I'm not not okay with it. I'm not like, I don't like, you know, cheer about it and like write sonnets about it or anything, but it's not, it's oddly not like, I'm not jealous about it. I'm not, you know, it, it, it kind of is what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, for me personally, no, I'm, I'm good with just the one. Do you, do you find it hard to balance your time between your husband and, and your daddy? Like, is there, is it, does that take a lot of work or, or has it kind of been fairly smooth? Um, it, no, it takes some work. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'm always perfect at it. I'm horrible at time management. Like I need a PA. There's no question. I am so not good at time management. So I have to try to be really, um, mindful. Um, and, and I don't think I'm always perfect at it, but I'm also really lucky because my husband will say like, Hey, can we do something? Or, you know, or, you know, again, we have check-ins. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. he's yeah. feeling... But I mean, yeah. you know, realistically speaking, my, my new relationship is still relatively new. So like all relationships, all new relationships, there's kind of that, you know, you spend more time together, you're doing more things, you're, you know, you're still in that kind of honeymoon phase or whatever. Well, and there's, there's still, in a new relationship, there's a lot of growing pains. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, you know, but I mean... I, do I think I could do a better job? Probably. Do I think I'm doing a terrible job? Not at all. So, you know, try to balance. Have you ever had an interest in being like an adult baby, you know, and, and having diapers on and all that kind of stuff? Not even a little bit. <laughs> no. No. Absolutely no. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got one. Um, Coming from the monogamous background and seeing that as ridiculous, do you see any practices or ideas that people are getting up to that even you find a little too much? Kind of like how somebody who's monogamous might look at what you're doing and think that's probably over the line for them. You know, I the older I get, the more I believe that people should do whatever the hell makes them happy so long as they're not hurting anyone else so long as so long as they're not hurting anyone else that doesn't want to be hurt. Exactly. exactly so basically so long as everyone who is involved in whatever in the hell you're doing is happily there no one is being coerced in any way you know what just live your life because we're here for a pretty finite amount of time just do what you're going to do be who you are because I got to tell you, like living the way that I lived for the first long majority of my life, um, it's not easy figuring out in your mid to late thirties who the hell you are. It's really not like that's something I should have had, in my opinion, something I should have had figured out by the time I was 30. Um, and truth be told, I only kind of started getting into that headspace in my thirties. So, and it, and it wasn't because I didn't know that it existed. It was because I was so willing to let everyone else in my world and society at large 
to tell me this is who you should be like, you know, well, you're married and you have children. So clearly that is your life. And that I, I love my children. I love my husband, but they are not all that there is in my life. The same as I hope that there comes a day when I am not all that is in their world, you know? So no, I mean, I mean, there are lots of kinks that I'm like, Oh, so not my thing. But Scheiße. I, yeah. God, don't even get me started on that. No shit. <laughs> no shit. Um, but honestly, like it, be who you are, you know, that's, Good advice if you know who you are. Though. Yes, I and mean, if, if you're unsure, self discovery sometimes. Uh, I know for myself, I wasn't really super comfortable with who I was until I was in my thirties. Mm-hmm. You know, my early thirties, and and that's when I accepted the fact that monogamy is not for me, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, what kind of advice do you have for for anybody who's interested in finding out more about? Uh, polyamorism or uh, being a little, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, The first thing I would suggest is really think about it. Like actually think if you, if you're a journaler, if you have a blog, I don't care how you do it, but like get the thoughts out of your head because that was probably my biggest, um, that, that was the thing that held me back the longest because I, I thought about things and thought about them and thought about them. But until you actually get it out, whether it's talking to someone or writing it or whatever, it's just like it becomes this whirlwind of crazy in your head. So if, if it's something that you're interested in, or even if you're, you're just like, maybe this is for me, but I'm not sure, actually like start talking about it with somebody in your life who you know. If you don't know somebody, go online. There are tons and tons of sites. And, and there's a lot of books about polyamory now, right? Yeah, there's actually... Um, so I just finished reading Not Your Mother's Playground, which is by nice. Samantha Fraser. Big plug. Yeah. Great guest. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and amazing book. So it's... And actually, I had read some others. I read The Ethical Slut like two years ago or something, but it was like... it you can, it's dated, right? And there's, there's lots of great information in there, but, um, Samantha's book is actually written like it's a conversation that you're having with someone. So it, I just feel like it's a lot more modern. It makes a lot more sense to today. Um, you know, so there's, there's so many options It and there are lots of places online. There are lots of people. I would bet that most people probably know somebody who's poly, you know, like it's not, that uncommon, which actually kind of surprised me. So, um, I, and is there a difference between being poly and being a swinger? Yeah. Yeah, there is. So, um, I have really good friends actually who are swingers and have been for years and years and years, but the difference is they go to parties or clubs or whatever, and they have sex with other people, but they, they do that together. So it's part of their relationship. My relationship with my husband and my relationship with my daddy slash boyfriend, totally separate. Like there's no intermingling there. There's no, there's no crossover, um, swinging from what, I mean, my experience, my knowledge of it has been very much that it's a, you know, it's kind of a couple's thing. So yeah, big difference. And I don't think, you know, I'm not saying that there can't be some emotional 
attachment with swinging, because I'm sure if you swing with the same couple for 20 years, it, obviously there's going to be an attachment there. But I don't think it generally goes on to be sort of like a relationship. Emotional, yeah. yeah. Um, you recently got hired at the greatest place in the world. Yes, I did. The funnest place in the world. Yes, We're I not did. talking about Disney World, folks. We're talking about Oasis. Not the Lego store, not Nintendo store. We're talking about Oasis Aqua Lounge. It's so awesome. How'd that come about? <laughs> uh, okay, so here's a funny story for you. So a couple of years ago, a girl that I worked with um, got a part-time job at Oasis. And she's telling me about this amazing place and, oh, you should come. And I'm like, I can't go there. Oh my God. That's, I can't, I couldn't go there because I was super intimidated by this place because, you know, only the most beautiful people must go there and you have to be a certain type of person. What certain type of person? I have no idea what was in my brain. Um, and she was always telling me how awesome it was. And I was like, dude, that's great. I'm really glad that you're enjoying it, but not for me. Um, and then I met my daddy and he goes there. So he says, come on, let's go. And I'm like, no, 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 I can't go there. I can't go there. And I'm honestly, I can't even hundred percent remember exactly what happened. Oh, we were supposed to go to a movie. And instead, we went for beer and nachos, and the beer and nachos discussion went a little long. So then we couldn't go to the movie. So he's like, well, why don't we go to Oasis? And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to trust him. So we go. And I That's a lot of trust, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was. It was a huge amount of trust, actually. So we got there, and I kind of felt like um, a deer in the headlights because it was, again, it's this huge intimidation factor, right? Because you don't you hear about this place and sort of what goes on there, or you have this perception, I should say, of what goes on there. Um, and who goes there too. I yeah, imagine. exactly. And, and so, um, yeah, anyway, we got there and I, you know, we had the tour and the whole thing. And at, at one point I actually was like, okay, I need to sit. Like, I just need to sit for a few minutes because I was very overwhelmed. And not that there was anything there that was overwhelming me. It was totally in my own head. Um, but yeah, like, no, now I love it there. That was like my first experience there was, I mean, it was intimidating and it ended well. But uh, all in all, you know, I hope he appreciates the trust you put in him. Oh, I think he does believe he does but yeah so now i don't just get to go there i get to work there so it's pretty fantastic actually and what are you going to be doing there um so a couple of different things um i so far i've only had one shift there well by the time this airs i guess i'll have at least a couple um so i do some socializer work which is basically i get to um you know, if, if I see people who look like it might be the first time there and you can kind of tell because they're, they're not intermingling quite as much. Um, I get to like go and talk to them and, you know, ask if they want a little tour of the place and, you know, ask if they know about certain things that are going on. So for example, um, I was there the first time on a Wednesday and there are, you know, massages in the red room and, um, there were pole dancers that night, things of that nature. So I get to, you know, talk about that stuff and just basically make people feel comfortable there and whatnot. Um, I'm also going to be doing, um, a workshop on March the 6th on, on polyamory. Um, I'm going to be doing some, um, 
at the end of February, there's a, the Sexapalooza show in Mississauga. So I get to go and like represent as part of that. Uh, Yeah. And I was just asked to be the new co-host, which I'm really excited about for the, um, down to fuck nights, which is the first Tuesday of every month. Um, yeah. So I used to do all kinds of fun stuff. Those are fun nights. Yeah. So I'm told I have not been to one as of yet. So I'm kind of going in blind, but, um, Penny's obviously pretty awesome. And, um, yeah. And I mean, you're, you're a a plus size lady, right? Mm, I am indeed. How did it feel for you to, to be naked around other people? Like was that perception of just the beautiful people who come there apply or, or what was the, the feel of the place or, or, or the, how it looked like. So this is actually pretty interesting. Um, I, a year ago, so November of 2013, I had gastric bypass surgery and I've lost about 145 pounds in the last year and a bit. So I'm still plus size, still like 200 pounds. I'm not tiny. Um, but I have a lot of loose skin because I lost a lot of weight really, really quickly. So not only am I plus size, I'm plus size with a lot of extra skin. So the first time that I went there, I was like, I can't, I could like, I cannot do this. I cannot go into the pool. I can't go into the hot tub. I'm walking around in a towel, which was big enough. (laughs) Um, So it was, it was really difficult at first, but then after that first time, it was like, you know what? I'm the only one here who cares about that. Nobody else is paying attention. And if they are, I'm not, I'm not paying attention that they're paying attention. So surprisingly. anything having the towel on drew more attention. Honestly. Yeah. And that, that's the interesting thing. So, um, what's really interesting about this is that I actually feel better about my body since I started going there. And I think it's because there's just no judgment there. Like people aren't going there. It's not like, it's not like a meat market. Nobody makes fun of my small penis. (laughs) Well, now I'm gonna, but uh, (laughs) um, no. So it's, it's, it's a very freeing atmosphere. Like you just, you walk in the doors, you are who you are and that's okay. So for me, um, it has actually been very freeing. And now I go there and I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to walk around naked. I'm going to get into the time. I mean, I'm, I don't walk around naked. I'm not there yet. Um, and I don't know if I'll ever be, but I don't like, I don't panic when I have to take my towel off to get in the pool. I just take off my towel and I get in the damn pool, you know, or in the hot tub or in the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> the hot tub. <laughs> the hot tub. You, you good? I, I, I just he's, love the hot he's, tub. He's going to need a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's about all the time we have today Uh, on behalf of producer Joe and myself thank you very much for coming on the show thank you so much for having me and thank you for tuning in listening to us and hopefully uh, you're back in two weeks Mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll be back in two weeks we should be back in two weeks we'll be back in two weeks even if it's just to make fun of being back in two weeks exactly